My wanted to first of all open with, I know that there is a lot going on in the world and there are some sad losses associated with this uh, pandemic that we're struggling with as a global society. Uh, and uh, my heart goes out to those family, the families that have uh, suffered some losses. And it is my expectation that we will be um, beyond this very, very soon. I decided to choose a topic that is applicable to today's discussion. Uh, so we're going to talk on iron and hemoglobin, uh, which is about oxygen transport. My focus is really on prevention. Anybody that has listened to my talks before or seen me will hear me talk a lot about prevention. So we can either cross our fingers and hope we don't struggle with things, or we can actively do things and make changes that help us to um, stay healthy all the time, regardless of what we come in contact with. Um, my objective also is to challenge your thinking and get you to, um, start thinking analytically about what it is you can do and take control of your health. So a quick disclaimer, what I'm going to talk about today is not intended to diagnose, treat, heal, or cure anything. Um, my objective is education and give you some things to think about and go and research on your own and then make a decision for yourself because we still have freedom to be in control of our health. And if you are on a medication or under the supervision of a doctor, this is not meant to stop, uh, encourage you to stop doing that. Um, it's meant to give you some things to think about and to advocate for your health. So oxygen transport. Iron and oxygen are like hand and glove. One cannot be considered without the other, and that's Dr. Bernard Jensen. Uh, he's not well known. He's known within the naturopathic world, um, but unfortunately not well known outside of that. And Dr. Bernard Jensen was an amazing pioneer in nutrient therapies almost 100 years ago. Uh, he called iron the frisky horse element <laughs> because it's, it's about vitality. It's about energy and things along those lines. In red blood cells, iron attracts oxygen from the body and carries it to all the systems, the tissues, and the organs. It acts as an astringent also on our tissues. It has a sort of contractive effect. And we're going to later talk about the beneficial effects of um, iron balance in your body. We are very commonly exposed to inorganic iron, which is the iron that is fortification. So it's in cereal and bread and things along those lines. Um, that is not actually an, a type of iron that our bodies can absorb. And if you think about your, so your car's sheet metal is primarily iron. And when it's exposed to oxygen, it rusts. And so inorganic iron leads to rusting in the body. I often see that in joints. That's probably the place that I see rusting the most. But I also, it's also seen in arteries and capillaries and things along those lines. It's pretty much useless to humans. And actually many supplements are inorganic iron as well. Uh, if you've ever supplemented iron and it led to constipation, that's a good indication that one potential is that it's not uh, an organic form of iron that's easily absorbable. Uh, it can be overdosed. In other words, you can have too much of this inorganic iron, which can lead to some challenges like da damaged kidneys, um, kind of interrupts your digestion, changes your blood chemistry, um, can lead to extreme thirst, um, a foggy head. <laughs> so that's um, about mental clarity, dizziness, and equilibrium challenges. 
um, a raised temperature, and then can actually contribute to breakouts on the face, the neck, and the chest. If someone has a predisposition to colds, it could be that their iron is uh, not low per se, and I'll explain that later, but not where it needs to be. Excessive iron, again, is usually in a couple of places. You're not getting enough pairing nutrients, and I'll talk about those in a little bit, to activate the iron that's already in your body, um, or you have inorganic sources of iron. Iron is stored in the liver. It's stored also in the bone marrow and the spleen, where it's on standby duty to help produce red blood cells. So whenever your body needs it, it can go into these pockets and find the iron and um, release it into the cell so it attracts oxygen to itself. It really spends very little time in the bloodstream and very quickly is either injected into tissues or expelled through the kidneys and the, and the bladder and the bowels. Um, so that's part of the reason why we deal with constipation when we have inorganic forms of iron. Iron free in the body without the pairing nutrients embeds in the tissues. So uh, individuals who have studied this extensively uh, have found that iron exists in these tissues but is not detectable in the bloodstream. So we will often be told that we need to supplement iron when it's likely not iron that we need. We need other things. Very few people are actually iron deficient. If we did it from a bioenergetic standpoint, we could tell where the iron levels are or what other pairing nutrients are in short, uh, short supply. A lack of iron can lead to brain fog and fuzzy headedness, a lack of energy and sleep, sleepiness. I think if you've ever been told by a doctor you're low on iron, you'll recognize that sleepiness is a piece of that puzzle, right? Can't quite think straight. Um, lack of respiration. So we start to struggle to breathe when we're low on iron. Low energy, bad mood can be part of low iron. Heart palpitations, a faintness or dizziness. Um, lungs feel kind of stiff. <sighs> just hard to really get a full breath um, or they don't just don't feel like they want to move very well well uh, irregular menses for women nervous system challenges and a contributing factor to hair loss um, best sources of iron so where do we get it from animal sources actually are heme iron which is some of the best we can get and that's going to come from animals that are are raised very well so cows fed grass lambs fed hay and alfalfa and grass and and venison that's allowed to wild forage those are great sources of heme iron and then there are plant sources of iron as well so things like leafy greens and spinach uh, kelp lentils dates dandelion greens almonds apricots blackberries black walnuts radishes sesame seeds rye bread or rye uh, grain it, there's a, a long list of things that contain iron. Now, the key thing with getting it from food is you're getting the pairing nutrients with it. And you want to try to rotate a lot of those foods in throughout your diet. Juicing fruits and vegetables is actually one of the best ways to get absorbable iron. Now, each of the foods I listed, and there's more than that, contain varying amounts of iron. Spinach is going to be higher in iron, say, than apricots. But the key about apricots is they contain vitamin C, which is one of the pairing nutrients that I mentioned. So you want to pick some from, your, from a list of, of iron-rich foods and rotate them throughout your diet. Chlorophyll is the green color in a plant, 
and it really depends greatly on iron, just like our human red blood cells do. The difference between the human red blood cell and chlorophyll is that the red blood cell contains iron as a core central nutrient. And chlorophyll, which I've got actually got some here, I've got someone who's getting some today, uh, chlorophyll contains magnesium as a central pairing nutrient. And magnesium is very commonly deficient in people. Um, we've overcalcified, we've focused on too much calcium, and the balancer for calcium is magnesium. And magnesium is used in over 500 different cellular processes and enzymatic actions within the body, and we just don't have enough of it. It doesn't exist in our soil, so you're not getting much of any if you're eating a vegetable diet unless you're getting organic or better in your vegetables. And the or better is usually from local farmers that don't spray their nutrient, spray their, their soil with any uh, chemicals that deplete or any salts uh, because salt also depletes nutrients from the soil. Um, they're usually spraying fish emulsion, which is going to bring a lot of minerals in. And um, if they're using any kind of a, um, a nutrient-based fertilizer, they're getting something that's more broad than just the NPK, which is really common in growing plants. Um, so chlorophyll is a great way to help bring iron out of those tissues and into your cells and attract oxygen. And uh, the thing I like about chlorophyll, see, when I first tasted chlorophyll, I was like, well, it tastes like grass. Um, I now absolutely love it. And I just take this liquid chlorophyll and I throw it in um, my, my big container of water and drink it throughout the day. So I'm constantly getting sort of that little bit of, of kick within the body. And then it becomes, if you will, a slow release kind of methodology. Now, women tend to require more than men. Um, in, you know, we're, if, we're, um, if we are having children, um, we're having res regular menstruation, um, and lactation, then we are excreting iron. In fact, moms are responsible for giving their kids enough iron to last for the first year of their lives because milk inherently doesn't have iron. And what little bit is there is very hard to absorb because it doesn't have the right pairing nutrients there. So, um, it's important for women to make the iron that's in their bodies available and, um, transfer and share that with your kids as well. <laughs> um, because the milk lacks iron, anemia can happen as a result of a child who's on a primarily milk-based diet for too long. Um, so let's talk about some of the benefits of iron and the benefits of um, having this oxygenation in your cells. An iron will is a great uh, analogy that was given to me and lots of vitality. In proper amounts, um, in the places need, iron brings strength and it brings vitality and courage, um, personal magnetism and charm, uh, optimism and a very sharp mind and a strong will to get done what needs to get done. It also helps us recover from illness and injury. So it's a piece of that recovery process and getting well, and it supports proper thyroid function. Iron is oftentimes used uh, for example, in the conversion of T4 to T3, which um, critically important for making sure your thyroid turns on and does all the amazing things that it does. <laughs> iron is also a beauty element, uh, rosy cheeks and clear skin. If iron is not present, 
um, then we're sort of like a fire without oxygen and it tends to get snuffed out. Oxygen also burns waste in our bodies. So cellular waste and debris, if it's not burned up, will accumulate. It's also a piece of clearing bacteria that is in excess by creating hydrogen peroxide, oxygen being a key element of that. And then the, the, the ATP process, adenosine triphosphate, which is basically our energy engine in each of the cells. There's an ATP process. Iron improves your circulation, actually makes the capillaries and the, your um, arteries more flexible and more fluid, and it allows for better blood flow. Um, and it also allows for easier transfer of blood through the heart, around the heart, through the liver, in and out of the lungs, etc. So it's clearing and cleansing all the time. You want that oxygen. People short of oxygen, oxygen and um, may not have sufficient body heat. So cold hands and feet may also be susceptible to colds, throat challenges, and chest troubles. Um, they may get mucus buildup in here. Uh, and healing is slowed down and recovery takes longer than it should. This, this is one of the things I also love. Iron improves your mood, which is super cool. It improves personal magnetism and charm and grace. Helps with a bubbly personality. Uh, radiant complexion and rosy cheeks, uh, sparkling eyes, clear skin, and um, your arteries are active and elastic. Your body is active and elastic. See, one of the things we need to think about too with getting enough iron release in our bodies is digesting the food. So I work with a lot of people who struggle to digest their food. <laughs> they have low hydrochloric acid. And I would say most people have low versus high stomach acid. Um, and I run into, I would guess 40% of my clients actually need support with their stomach acid. Uh, and without going into the, the biochemistry of that, one of the key things, it's interesting because oxygen's needed to produce that. Um, it's a balancer for hydrogen, the chloride in HCL, comes from the breakdown of carbon in meat. Um, so we need that to produce HCL. But if we're not, if we have low stomach acid because of many things, including acid reducers, which are overprescribed <laughs> and overused. Um, if we have low HCL, we can't break down the meat, which means we can't get the carbon, which means we can't produce HCL. You see where I'm going with that? And it makes us more susceptible to other digestive and stomach issues. So we want to improve hydrochloric acid. One of the great ways to do that is juice celery. Um, you got to break that cell wall. So if you don't have a juicer, what I encourage people to do is take a really good blender, like a Nutribullet as an example, and grind up that celery and sieve that through so you're getting just the liquid. Do not over blend it because if you heat it up, you lose nutrients. But you celery juice is a great way to do that. Straight up celery juice. Do not add anything to it, especially like that first two weeks. You want to get like 10 ounces once or twice a day. And um, then after that two-week period, you can start to add other things to it like carrot and berries and, and things that'll, um, that bring you more nutrients. There are enzymatic or digestive enzyme formulas with hydrochloric acid in them, HCL. And usually that'll have like a betaine or a papsane um, or papain, I should say. And then the papain actually comes from papaya enzymes. So you can find a really good chewable papaya enzyme and they actually make one with chlorophyll in it. 
So I used to give those to my husband a lot because he was a, he was a Rolaids guy <laughs> for a long time. You have to chew your food. Chew, 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 chew. You should, your food should stay in your mouth t- enough times, 20 to 50 times. You should chew your food till it's like a paste. And then you can send it in for digestion. Um, if it's not chewed up very well, then um, your your stomach and the, f- the later digestive processes will really struggle to get you where we need to go. And hydrate. People are often dehydrated. And every process in the body needs water. It needs clear, clean water and it needs minerals. So uh, I often encourage people to get their, their container or jar or whatever of water they're doing and sprinkle some uh, Himalayan pink salt in there to get some minerals to it or some fulvic minerals. I mentioned pairing nutrients. Sulfur is a pairing nutrient. So that comes from like onions and garlic. Um, and from leafy green vegetables as well, but onions and garlic, probably the top two vitamin C. We're talking a lot. If you're hearing about prevention, um, and you're hearing about recovery, we're talking about high doses of vitamin C high dose by definition is over recommended daily amount. High dose is bowel tolerance. So you want to get enough to where you're sort of, you start to get a little bit loose and then you back that off a little bit. So hypothetically, let's say that's 5,000 milligrams. Um, then you want to back down to say 4,000 or 4,500. And I would spread that out throughout the day just to make sure your body gets a little bit throughout the day and you can keep utilizing because it's water soluble. So it is not going to stay in your system and you need to get it each and every day. Get lots of vitamin C foods in as well. Vitamin B12, uh, B12 is, uh, salmon is a great way to get B12 and fermented vegetables. So sauerkraut and I do a fermented coleslaw recipe that is super easy to do. And that contains B12 in it as well. Um, and zinc, these are three very common pairing nutrients. Now copper is as well. Um, but I don't recommend people supplement copper without working with a professional. Um, but zinc, you can do 50 to hundred milligrams daily. I'm hearing that they're bumping things up for people that are challenged with symptoms to something more like 500 to a thousand for a short period of time. In all case, your body likes, likes to have things in balance. So magnesium and calcium in balance with each other zinc and copper in balance with each other. And if you have too much zinc for too long, you'll drive copper down and copper is, though it's a trace mineral is really important for lots of things related to blood and tissues. Okay. So those are your primary pairing nutrients. Not that there aren't other pairing nutrients that are important. Those are a lot of the primary ones. If you're going to supplement iron, a few things to think about, you should always go with a food-based supplement. I mentioned earlier, there's inorganic sources of iron and fortification, and it's also in a lot of these processed supplements that we find in the drugstores and in the grocery stores. A lot of those are not food-based. You want to make sure you very especially get a food-based supplement. Chlorophyll, I mentioned that. It is available in capsules as well, but I actually don't recommend capsules too very often because your body has to break down that capsule. So you might as well get it in the form that goes directly into your cells and make it nice and easy for yourself. And if you don't really can't stand the taste, take it like a shot, <laughs> put it in a little cup, shoot it, follow it with some water, um, or a little bit of tea or something like that. And you'll be fine. 
Um, but just do smaller amounts at a time. So a teaspoon or, or maybe even a half tablespoon at a time throughout the day. Um, take your pairing nutrients. I like things in food, but we have so many challenges with getting enough of the nutrients in our food. It's just not available. And so many people have digestive challenges that supplementation is the best way to go. Um, vitamin C, again, ascorbic acid is fine for high dose supplementation. It is not the ideal form of vitamin C, but it is fine. And you want to have minerals, whatever formula you're taking needs to have minerals in there as well. Okay. Um, and, uh, liquid is great. Um, liposomal is good. You have to be careful about liposomal formulas. Uh, lots of companies do their encapsulations too large and then your cells can't take them in. So there's only a couple of companies that I think do encapsulation of liposomal properly. And then, um, the third way is through a chewable. Um, those are going to be good as well. And there's lots of great chewables available for kids. Watch your sugar content. They love to throw sugar in supplements. <laughs> so, and sugar depletes your immune system. So we want to kind of keep clear of the sugar as much as possible. And um, isotonic. I work with a company called Nutrametrics. Nutrametrics has a patented delivery system called isotonic. And isotonic um, encourages or, or it's formulated so that when it hits your stomach, it's at the same body fluid pressure. So your body goes, Oh yeah, I don't need to do anything with that. And, and sends it directly into your system, which goes into your bloodstream has a 98% potential absorption rate. So if you're interested in Nutrametric supplements, let me know. Um, they're, they have a, a multivitamin with iron and they have a prenatal with iron. And I've had lots of women that come into me and the prenatal with iron has done some amazing things and paired with chlorophyll, even better, even better. Okay. So that is pretty much what I wanted to chat with you guys about. I went through it fairly quickly. Hopefully that was informative for you, but I do not, again, I don't like to, I'm not going to throw a ton of science at you. The science is available and out there. If you want resources for science and things along those lines, just let me know. Um, and I'll be happy to share that with you. So how about we take some questions? Hi. Hi. Thank you for the great information. You're very welcome. What, um, I don't know if you... Defy Gravity is here for you. For your health, body, mind, and spirit. To bring you knowledge and education to empower you to own your life and be in charge of it. Come on in regularly for the knowledge that you need to support all of your life's objectives. I'm Juliana Sauber, traditional naturopath, and not only a survivor, but I've recovered. And I'm living free of health challenges that kept me down for almost two decades. So I'm here to share with you the things that I did to regain my health and get my life back and bring people to you that will also help you.
and give you more information and more perspectives. And that is the key to creating the life that you want. So welcome to Defy Gravity. Subscribe, come back regularly. Please invite your friends, share this podcast. Find us on Facebook and Instagram because we are here to meet your needs.